What is going on, everyone? Thank you for joining us here on Benjamin Knott Podcast. We're going to be talking today with my man, Mr. Alex Rudd, about our top baits for the 2021 season. We're also going to use this as a time to recap our season, look forward in 2022 a little bit, and just discuss the successes we had, some things that we were able to accomplish this year, and the baits that helped us do that. So without further ado, we're going to really dive into this thing and get to talking to Alex about the baits that uh, we both had success on this season. What's going on, man? The professionalism of that intro just has me so just, I can't even stand it. I mean, that was the most wonderful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. I'm hanging out with you. We're about to do a live stream and talk about fishing. And yeah, you I'm went eating, out yesterday, didn't you? I'm eating some pecans and drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper while we do that. So, I mean, my life is good. My life is good. Yeah, I did go out yesterday. Um, I got my butt handed to me in a kayak tournament. Well, I mean, I didn't get my butt handed to me. But it definitely wasn't the best outing I've had, but it was good angler of the year points because that's kind of my overall goal of you know this season with kayak tournaments. But, uh, yeah, I got piss poured on for about, I don't know, three hours, and then the fish quit biting, and it was just kind of sitting around and looking at the water after that. Was this the first one of the year or second one? or With Number two. How many of them do they do? We have, if you hadn't asked me, I'd have told you. I think we have 12. Because I think we go essentially all the way back around the entire year. So we usually start in December and go all the way to like, I think October's our last one. And then we do, there's the state championship in November, which I'll probably qualify for this year, actually. And then we have, then we just start right back in December again. So That's nuts. You guys never, literally never stop. Never. We don't have Especially, to. Especially, so man, like, it's got to be cold. It's got to be miserable in January, February, March. Even it right is. now, it's got to be miserable when it's raining. It is. It is. That's yeah. Jan- January and February really aren't my two favorite months. That's like when it gets kind of sucky is January, February, because January, February in a bass boat is completely different than January, February in a kayak. Like when you're in a kayak and you're that close to the water and you're having to move, I move really slow. Like some people aren't as, I guess, intimidated by it as I am. But, like, I just am really intentional with everything I do when it gets that cold. Because when you go in the water, it gets really hard to get back out of the water, even if you have a life jacket on and you got a really stable kayak. And so you got to be really careful. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, though. Next month, I'm excited about it, though, because it's uh, on Norris Lake. And Norris is about 10 minutes from the house. And I know a lot about Norris, especially when it's cold and crappy outside. So hopefully I'll recognize it. Yeah, when it's miserable. When it's just miserable. miserable. Like those days, I, that day I took you out there, that's the day you catch fish. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's terrible. But that kind of leads us into this next topic, and um, that's kind of talking about our top baits of 2021, right? And a lot of times, your fishing really, really kicks off for the season starting in February, March. Yeah. Like that's what you would consider like the beginning of your fishing season in the year, right? And like a yeah. lot of times that's crankbaits for you. Um, whereas mine would start in April, which is just a little bit later, but let's kind of basically work through the calendar year and start to talk about like what baits you had success with in the spring and then the pre-spawn and kind of the success that you had or we had, uh, and we'll work through the way, work through the year that way. Um, if that works so for you. Good. Sounds good. Um, I know for me, man, and I know it's similar for you in the spring, I threw a jerk bait a ton this year. Like this year seemed like it was the the spring of the jerk bait and the tube. Um, mm-hmm. And those were the two baits that really got me through. Like April was almost, I would say April was almost a hundred percent like a, a max scent tube. 
because I got the mm-hmm. opportunity to go down and do that Berkeley thing. Um, and they got me a couple packs of those tubes for that. And I fished a tube so hard because they like wanted some content with them. And I was on St. Clair, which is like the land of the tubes. Um, and I fished a tube basically until Caleb got here and then I started picking up a jerk bait. But was it similar for you? Like, what did you throw around you? Yeah, for me, it was uh, is a jerk bait quite a bit in a Ned rig. I think the biggest reason for that is how cold it was. Man, we had an extremely cold winter last year. And so, you know, several of the kayak tournaments that I fished, like January, February, and then, you know, even going out and fishing in the boat, the water, I think at one point I put the boat in the water and it was like 38 degrees. I mean, so that's like extremely, extremely cold water for East Tennessee. And so that even gets to the point where it gets too cold for them to even want to try to eat a crankbait. And the few crankbait bites that I was getting, I would have like one hook, like right at the, you know, the front of their mouth where they were just barely taking it over. And so I picked up the jerk bait and the Ned rig, and that was kind of what put a lot of work in for me until what it always does, which is we start getting all the rain in like March and April, and then it switches over. And, you know, when that starts yeah. happening, those lakes start fluctuating. I lock a square bill in my hand. I lock a flipping jig in my hand and I go do that. You know what I mean? And and that was kind of what I did in March and April was just the square bill, a lipless, and then a Ned rig too. I mean, dude, the Ned rig, it's going to be funny. This entire like time that we talk about this, the Ned rig is just going to keep coming back up. And I don't know if it's just because I figured out how I like to fish it or what it is. But man, when I figured that Ned rig out, it like changed, it changed everything as far as like, <laughs> like it changed what I look at and go, oh, I can fish a Ned rig on that. You know what I mean? Well, and what's funny too is like a Ned rig for me is normally a huge player. And I don't think I threw a Ned rig, but maybe a little bit this year. Like mm-hmm. if you'd asked me in the past couple of seasons, I would say I threw a Ned rig a lot. I threw it from the beginning of the year, basically to the end of the year. But I think because I was throwing that tube so much, like I was really trying to understand that tube bite. And mm-hmm. to be frank, I had those max scent tubes and I really wanted to get content with them. Like I locked mm-hmm. it in my hand and I just was putting it in areas that I knew fish were at and I knew I could catch fish at. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I think that's why the nettering didn't get put in my hand quite as much this year, but it's such a powerful tool. And, and, and just like the tube, they kind of fish interchangeably, but I think the tube sometimes especially now that everyone's throwing a net ring, I think the tube's starting to get a little bit better bites again. Yeah. See, and I think down here, it's just the complete opposite. I don't think very many people, I'll tell you this much. People aren't using the net rig like I use the net rig. And that may change as people watch my videos, but like most people drag the net rig around where I'm doing that ripping thing with it. Like I'm yeah, popping target it off the bottom. Cast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm target casting with it. I'm hitting specific things. I'm fishing current with it. I'm being really violent with it. You know, using those extremely bright colors. And so I think that's kind of heads, why. man. You're using that 316th three, quarter ounce yeah. head. You're not using like no. the the 332nd, 1 8th ounce no. heads that a lot of guys are using. Yeah, and I'm so getting it to I the bottom fast and jerking it off the bottom fast and just so yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 been a strange year for me. I mean, like just looking back and thinking about it, you know, when I did my my top base for 2021, most valued base for 2021. The list was even strange looking to me just as far as like there was a few things on there I didn't expect to be on there but were. And I think it's just, I don't know. Dude, fishing's changing. I'm like, I, I always, I truly believe like a few years ago we were in the good old days. And I'm starting to worry that we're getting out of the good old days and like, like and we're starting to get into just a different phase 
of fishing, right? You got to do very different things. I think it's a, also a perspective or it's also a result of us learning different techniques, right? And becoming confident, yeah. confident in different techniques. Because three or four years ago, man, I, I would like would not have picked up a tube. As much mm-hmm. as everyone talks about how great a tube is, like I just really wouldn't have really gotten excited about throwing it. And so when I got the bait, I like had to develop confidence in it this year. And so I really stuck it in my hand and forced myself to learn it. The mm-hmm. other one for me, man, that jerk bait has only really become a player over the past probably two or three years for me. Mm-hmm. And like seeing, I, I was always of the impression that a jerk bait is a jerk bait is a jerk bait is a jerk bait, right? And like you can go out and you have a sinking jerk bait, you have a deep diving jerk bait, and you have a regular diver. But like yeah. one of the comments I want to talk about is like the Jacko range for me, that was insane. Um, the power of this bait. Mm-hmm. Like when we went on St. Clair, it was all about the range and yeah. you could throw another bait side by side with it. Like any bait you wanted to throw. And for some reason, whether it's the sound or the tighter action of that range, like Zach was crushing us on it. And then Caleb mm-hmm. took that bait and smashed us on it the next day with like me throwing a very similar color jerk bait and Mm -hmm. this happened kind of very similarly or or very often all the way throughout the spring for me and then it kind of changed right where like the re-range went away and i could pick up other jerk baits again but it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to see like very very key baits play a huge huge role and caleb beat my eyes with that thing that's the only reason i bought that thing brennan's (laughs) over in the comments brennan brennan is like smelty Dude, this is such an ugly color jerk bait, right? Like it's nasty. It gets smashed, but yeah. it crushes fish. Uh, see, the rearrange for me, I, I threw it quite a bit this year, and I think what makes it so interesting is how freaking loud it is. Like there was yeah. several times in the winter that I would be throwing it, and like I could hear it all the way back to the boat. Like I could hear that, <laughs> and I mean, dude, I would have. I mean, like literally, like it is so loud. And when you throw it, it sounds like somebody's shooting a gun. I mean, like when we were in the boat with Zach, Zach could take that thing and pow, you know, we thought he was breaking it off every single time he did it. And man, like February, March time, I threw it quite a bit, especially like around the time that I was trying to fish that Hobie open that came to Watts Bar. And I, you know, I, I mean, I caught several fish on it and it was just kind of seemed like for me anyway, it was one of those deals when no other jerk bait would work, I could pick that thing up and like they would come investigate it quite a bit. They're either on it, they're either on it or they're off it. It's a bait that they're really on and that's like the only jerk bait or they're not on it at all. And they won't touch it. You got to have a different jerk bait. So it's a really unique bait. But um, that for me was really interesting to see how critical that bait was for the spring fishing. Mm -hmm. Kind of moving on, man. Like when you got up here, you were basically at the tail end of the spawn, right? Like the jerk bait bite was the big deal for me. But then I started pulling off on those fish and I was starting to fish the outside grass lines and a jig really started playing. Um, and like dude, a we jig, smashed them. Dude, we like smashed a jig them. was so critical for me. And uh, I think this is, this is one of my favorite baits anyways, but it was really unique to see like how different profile jigs played played differently um, and how these fish related and one of the jigs that i throw and pour is this jig right here this is a little compact half ounce flipping jig um, and i'm actually gonna have a video on how i make this bait over on the bait making channel but it's a small um, jig it's a half ounce with a sparky head with i believe it's a four 
a number four Gamagatsu hook, but it's a really small profile, um, really, really good jig that I just caught a ton of fish on this year, man. And I think the compact jig also played like a big role for you too, especially yeah, oh, after, dude. after you left here. Yeah, dude. I mean, when we were up there, we smashed him on a jig and then I came home and like, you know, end of June and like freaking well, middle of June really. And first day back, I co- I went, grabbed a jig that new beast coast is that little Magnum half ounce green pumpkin and went and caught a 20 pound bag on it. And I mean, just smashed their face in. And like this year, again, kind of like the Ned, it was the year of the jig. I mean, I caught so many fish flipping a jig and like flipping it all the same places I'd flip a creature bait and where I'd flipped jigs before and not had success. For some reason, those fish were on the jig this year. And I mean, just I we smashed them. I smashed them. A jig was a big deal for me. Well, the other thing too, man, is I went through about a billion packs of jigger crawls this year. Like mm-hmm. this was the year that I really picked that jig back up and dedicated myself to it. But mm-hmm. I really did, man. I, I went through so many of these jigger craws and all that of color right there too. Craw, but this yeah. pumpkin green flake, like yes. this is such a good color that yep. I don't think a lot of guys throw in. Berkeley is bringing back more colors for, for yeah. years. It was three colors. It was green pumpkin, black and blue and this pumpkin green flake. But this color here, man, is so dang good because i think it imitates the bluegill and it also Mm -hmm. imitates the summer crawfish Mm -hmm. right once those those summer crawfish start to molt and they start to get their shell back they get that little bit of green in them but i can't tell you man we probably went through 10 packs of chicken crawls in the four or five days that you were here we went through so many chicken crawls and then i came home and just started stacking them up in the bottom of the boat i mean dude, it was (laughs) crazy and i'll tell you something else just to kind of back up a little bit that i you know i did it while i was up there with you was throwing a swim jig and throwing a flipping jig, but running that um, the Maxent meaty chunk up on there. And I had a yeah. lot of success in like March, April, May before I came up there with you throwing that meaty chunk, Maxent. And I mean, I don't know if it was the Maxent, if it was the meaty chunk, if it's just it was super passive and didn't do a whole lot. But I mean, I caught a big key fish with Caleb down on Chickamauga one day with that thing. I think it was like four or five pounds. I caught a big key fish when I was doing a lot of that damn discharge fishing, throwing that meaty chunk and just kept that thing in my hand and did really well. I actually got one rigged up when I head down south just to flip it around and, and just kind of see if if the meaty chunk is still oh, the deal. Gonna, you know, they're know what I mean? They're, they're still oh, gonna they're going to smash it. the shit. Yeah. I, I never really started throwing a meaty chunk, right? Like, it was basically sugar crow all season from like the very beginning of the year when I went out and fished those cold, cold water largemouth. I was th- thrown in sugar crow. But I do think jig profile has some something to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. But also like skirt material. I'm a big living rubber skirt guy. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. if you look at this jig, it's not pretty, right? Like it has a little yeah. orange flash and just green living rubber, flat rubber. Yeah. Um, You're going to have to make me some of those because those are just sexy looking. Yeah, they don't so look sexy. great, right? Like, they don't look uh, great out of the water. I love like, it. <laughs> when you flip them or you, you yeah. fish them, there's just something different about that bait. And, yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great little jig, but that chigger problem is the deal. I really, man, I need to pick up that meaty chunk, though. Yeah, you do. It's it's and what I do with it is I thread it like especially on those compact jigs. I thread it up on the hook. I don't just hook it on. Like when I'm fishing, like you know that beat like that beast coast, like that double wide weed guard. I'll just thread it onto the hook because you want it that big profile, you know. But like when I was flipping it early season, and even when I got back here and flipped it a little bit, you know, you thread that thing up on there, 
And it's just, I think what gives me so much confidence in it is that I'm able to fish it as quickly as I would a flipping bait. So it's just like a creature hog for me, or that creature hog I can go dup dup and you know flip it in, pump it, go, flip it in, pump it, go, flip it in, pump You're it. You're talking about general or with that meaty chunk? With the meaty chunk. With the chigger craw, I fish it a little slower, but I still flip it pretty quickly. But like with that meaty chunk, man, I can go whoop and like pump it twice. And if I don't pick up on it and it ain't swimming sideways, I keep on going <laughs> and I cover a ton of water. And I mean, I don't Did know. You throw and a swim I, a lot this year because that's a bait that normally like I lock in my hand in the spring and I just never, I don't know that I ever really fish in a lake that set up well for it. I didn't hear anything you just said. But yes, I did throw a swim. I don't. Something happened in my headphones. I don't know. What just, I need to get a new pair. They've been acting crazy. Last week or on Friday when we were doing live with uh, with uh, the, the boys. What? Yeah, yeah, Logan. And um, I, there was like at one point he said something. I totally lost it. But um, no, I did throw a swim jig quite a bit. Uh, when I was up there with you, came home, threw it a little bit, and then right here before it got cold out, fishing the grass lines, I caught quite a few on it it was interesting because i would see those fish pushing the bluegill like you would be going down a grass line and there would be balls of shad as big as the deck of your boat swimming around but those bass were keyed in on those bluegill trying to kill them and like they'd come up blowing up on them you just throw that swim jig in there and just start reeling it and it would disappear and i'd smack their face with it but it's going to be something that this spring i throw a lot more because i feel like everybody's going to be throwing a bladed jig Right, like last year at the beginning of the year in March, I caught them on that blaze orange, the fire crawl bladed jig. Well, I think it's because they'd never seen anything quite like that. I think this year with everybody throwing a bladed jig and throwing that orange crawl color, I'm going to go and throw like an orange crawl swim jig and see what they do with that and just throw something completely off the wall and something completely different to see if I can get them to react to it. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I actually want to go over with Brennan. And fish in Mississippi, and he's like, "Dude, you can come over in the spring. And we'll just go throw a swim jig." And that's a totally different world, right? Like fishing mm-hmm. a swim jig on the Mississippi is different than fishing it on the lake here. So that's yeah, a I need to go fishing day. with him over there. Like, yeah, dude, that sounds like yeah the Mississippi pre-spawn, spawn, and post-spawn. This sounds like my kind of place. Like, yes, please. Yeah, exactly. Um. And then basically, man, you kept a jig in your hand a lot of the summer, right? Like that was a bait that you had tied on like all the time. Mm-hmm. I had two rods. I... I had a creature hog on a three-eighths ounce weight pegged, and I had a jig. <laughs> yeah, until the literally, that's all I yeah. flipped all summer long. And the yeah. jig more than the creature hog. There was a time when the creature hog they bit the creature hog. It was like that immediate post spawn time when they're kind of funky, but it, once they got hungry again, it was the jig from there on out until it got too cold to go and do the jig kind of thing. Yeah. I also really got on to like the suspended fish bite, right? Like that Mm. was something that was kind of unique this year for me because I got into those Saturday tournaments and it was one of those things like I wanted to do something intentionally wanted to do something different than what other guys were doing. And so I found suspended Mm. largemouth and um, I really got on that Berkeley spy and and even the duo spy bait, but Mm -hmm like throw in that chrome purple color that was a bait that i threw a lot this year um and caught a lot of big fish but then that sort of translated into fall um because i was i've obviously done the suspended fish deal right like that's something that i have confidence in but in the fall i started throwing the screw head a lot Mm -hmm. and this is something that i'd not really thrown before 
but mm -hmm. I made some screw heads, which essentially is a jig head with blade behind it. And I fished this basically all fall long. Like this was a bait that caught me a ton of fish in the fall. And I paired it up like a one, two punch with the jerk bait. And this is a one, two, one twelve plus one. Mm -hmm. um, but like those were really my baits from like the middle of summer into the beginning of fall, basically through the fall period. Those were the top, top baits was that little screw head, a spy bait. I mixed in a drop shot a little bit when it kind of made sense to, and then that jerk bait. But that's really my season was handful of baits. Didn't really get super yeah. complicated. Yeah, that was me too, man. I, I kind of noticed that when I was doing my baits video. I mean, it was like four or five things, and that was it. I mean, like, and it was fascinating because, you know, I switched to Abu Garcia this year. And so, like, when they first when we first started working together, they couldn't get me all the rods and reels I needed right off. And I was really worried about it because normally I've got – 6,000 different things tied on. But they got me a flipping stick. They got me a jerkbait rod. They got me a frog rod. And they got me a cranking stick. And I was and good. spinning stuff, yeah. And some spinning stuff. And I was good. Like, and I've been good. And I'm still good. And I'll probably be good until, you know, and I've got a bunch of rods and reels out there. I'm just not even set up yet because, like, I'm good right now. And, like, it's just been really fast. And I don't know if it's because I've started to simplify or if just, the fishing is simplified. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can literally carry about five to six rods with me and know that I'm good with those five to six, you know? But if you start to look back at last season, right? Like this season compared to last season, and then we'll use this to foreshadow. Like, I feel like every single year it's different baits for me. Like there may be mm -hmm. one or two that kind of translate from year to year, but a lot of times it's different baits. I think last year I threw a jerk bait a little bit. That was that was a pretty key bait, but I drop shot it so mm -hmm. so much last season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Is I it the same shot. for you? Well, right. <laughs> well, yeah. like, is it the yeah. same from like different baits season to season? Yeah. Oh, I mean, last year, you know, for me, like the entire summer was consumed with throwing a wacky rig. This summer, right. majority of my summer was consumed with throwing a Ned rig. I figured out that bite, yeah. you know what I mean? And did not know the wacky rig was in there, obviously. Um, you know, the year before in the winter, it was totally consumed with throwing a rock crawler in mud bug. This year, it was more consumed with a Ned rig and a jerk bait. You know what I mean? Like, it's those things. It's like, just depending on how it goes down and kind of depending on where I'm fishing a lot more. Like, I'll figure out a bite on a lake and go fish that lake quite a bit. Yeah. But, man, it's just... It's been interesting. I mean, dude, I caught a lot of freaking fish on a Ned rig this year, like a lot of fish on a Ned rig. I mean, it was one day. Decent, I'll... You cranked a lot in the spring, but beyond that, like, yeah. I really don't think you picked up a crankbait until again, maybe this like past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, like March. Do March? We had all the lakes get jerked down in March, and then they got jerked back up. And when they jerked them back up, I thought, here's my chance. I can go catch them on a square bill, and I did. I took my square bill and my new one and went and caught a bunch on it and then they jerked the lakes back down and when they would, would jerk those lakes down it would pressure those fish so much whereas before i would just go out there and i would throw a crankbait and go shit they're not biting whereas <laughs> this year i go i know a rock pile i bet you i can go catch one on a ned rig and i would go to that rock pile and i would find four or five stacked up there and i would but salvage a day instead of throwing a crankbait on the rock pile and blowing it out, right? Like there's a different yeah. approach there. And I think it's a little bit too of maturing between like our fishing style is maturing and going, 
yeah, I can probably catch him flipping his jig still. And I can probably throw in there and maybe get one to bite a jig. But instead of just catching one out of there, how about I try to catch like all of them out of there? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I think and it's a little bit yeah. of maturing in our fishing style too. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, and, that, I, and that's what's hilarious is, you know, I mean, I've been fishing for shit as long as I can remember. I mean, I don't know, 20 years now. I mean, yeah. literally my first memory is going fishing. So, I mean, I'm 28. Let's say that I've been fishing, like fishing, fishing for 20 years. And <laughs> I still, even now, like w- do things like that. Like I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I need to do this just to see. And that's kind of what the Ned rig was. It was like, I went and fished the tournament, got my butt kicked, and then I thought, I'm going to go figure this bite out because I I should have figured this bite out before to do well in this tournament. And, like, the day after the tournament, I load my kayak up, and I go and I figure the bite out with the net rig. Well, then we get into this summer, this deep summer pattern, and I go and I'm in my boat and I'm looking, and, like, so one thing doesn't work. I go, well, I'm going to go find this other thing. Well, and it ended up being a net rig bite. And so then I figured out that Ned Rig bot. And I think that's what's cool is it's kind of I'm just adding, you know, folders to the file folder in my head of like memories of things that I can go, oh, it's June 25th and the fish aren't biting down the lake. Let's go run up to a dam wall and see if there's smallmouth spawning in the rocks. I mean, it's just like right. crazy crap, but it's the crap that separates, you know, the dudes who are catching them, the dudes who aren't catching. Yeah. Well, there's a really cool comment from White Whale Fishing and – he talks about fish being conditioned to the same baits year and year again, right? And yeah. as much as I don't want to say, like, I have a major impact on the fishery, at the same point in time, right, like, every year, that, the spots change. And it'd be yeah. kind of dumb of me to say that I have no impact on it. I do think that if I hit the same spot with the same exact bait week in, week out, all year long, and then I come back the next yeah. season, I do think that has something to do with it as well, right? Like those fish are probably Mm -hmm. semi-conditioned because they're probably some of the same fish. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty cool comment. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I've caught fish even this year, caught this, (laughs) again, the Ned Rig deal. I caught that one fish off that bed, took it two miles away, and then she swam right back to that bed. I mean, dude, like I know for a fact that there's fish that are going out of their way to get back into places. And I mean, I've caught them with sores in the roof of their mouth where I've caught them with one thing and then had to switch up and catch them with another thing. But I definitely agree with that. I think that there's definitely some conditioning and switching up and being a little bit different can help you to catch them. Yeah. Let's kind of look forward, though. Like going into next season, are there any techniques that you really want to focus on a little bit more? Are there some techniques that, you know, worked for other guys around you this year and you want to focus on next season? Or like, do you want to just improve or refine? Like, what's, What's your plan next year? I definitely want to – we'll start with improve and refine. I want to refine the Ned Rig even more than I have it now. Like, I feel like there's so much to learn about that bait um, that I can do and I can catch fish on. Swim jig, I want to use it more, refine it down, really actually swim it. Because my swim jig experience has been very different. I've not really ever swam a swim jig. I've more flipped it and, like, used it. Like, I swim it, but I don't really swim it. It's kind of like an yeah. improvised swim where I'm just making big, long pulls with it. You know what I mean? So I definitely want to do that kind of, you know, with the swim jig. And then things that, like, obviously the crankbait, I mean, it's going to play. It plays every winter. It plays every spring. Jerkbait plays every winter. It plays every spring. I mean, it's just those things that, like, no matter what you do, you got to have it in the boat with you. You know what I mean? And as far as like other 
baits. Not really baits. It's more like areas. Like there's things that I kind of discovered last year, maybe at the tail end of it, and only got to do it a few times. That this next coming year, I want to be there before it happens. I want to be there while it's happening. I want to be there after it happens. So I can yeah. figure out the whole pattern of fish coming to me, what it looks like, what I need to be doing to more effectively catch fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's more sure. my big thing. Yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines, right? I mean, net rig fishing for me probably won't be on my list, but I want to learn the jerk bait a little bit more. I want to understand like what makes the difference between good jerk bait, like a jerk bait for the very specific condition that I'm fishing versus other conditions. Mm -hmm. So like really refine that selection. Mm -hmm. um, I said it a couple of years ago, I'd like to learn a wobblehead. I think there's a yeah. time and place where a wobblehead is really, really effective. And I think yeah. it's still slept on. And then finally the swim jig, I didn't really pick it up this year, but I want to use it as a tool to like actually search for active fish, whether that's smallmouth yeah. or largemouth. And I just yeah. didn't fish it enough this year. Yeah. I have to say, there's not anything that I didn't fish this year that I regret not fishing. Like, pretty, what was hilarious? And this I didn't is. catch him very good on a crankbait this year. That's one thing I didn't really catch him on. I had one really, yeah. really phenomenal day with Brennan, but beyond that, mm -hmm. I didn't really smash him on it. Well, what's funny to me, I will add a spinnerbait to my list of things I want to throw more because I feel like a spinnerbait is being overlooked by a lot of people. But anyway, um, what was funny to me is I guess this is where I fish more kayak tournaments this year, and the dudes I fish around are very open about what they're catching them on. What I noticed was dudes were doing the same exact crap as me. It's just they were in a different part of the lake and would smash my face in. And I lost a bunch of fish this year, and that's something I need to improve on. I, I don't know why. I mean, there was several situations. I have no idea why I lost fish. Like, I would have them hooked, <laughs> and they would come flying out of the water, and, like, every possible thing that would go wrong would go wrong. But, man, like, you know, you watch the, some of those videos. Like, how many 18 to 21-inch fish did I lose this year? I mean, it felt like every kayak tournament I fished in, I would lose the one fish that I needed to get first, second, first place. Norris, I did. I mean, every kayak tournament. And so I really need to figure out. Oh, did I lose you? Not a loss, Alex. There. I think kind of building on that though. Like I, I fish pretty clean. I know there's like one fish catch. A hundred percent. There's one fish catch that I wish I had back, and that was a fish catch when Brennan was here um, on a crankbait. And that fish just kind of pulled off. I think I put too much pressure on him, especially because he only had one hook. Um, but for me, it was a pretty decent year as far as like hook to land, um, hook to land fish. And so I can't really say that that's one of those things that I would improve or look to improve for next season. Um, I think my biggest thing is just really understanding the areas of fishing a little bit better and understand like the true conditions of what's going on to be better in those spots. Um Alex said he's coming back. His computer had some issues. But, like, one of the things that I don't think I did very well this year is, like, really understanding the areas that I'm fishing. I just kind of went out through the baits. I, I'm like, I know there should be fish here through baits, caught some fish, but I didn't really refine, like, the reasoning as to why I was catching them as good as I maybe should have. Um, Brennan asked me, he says, you've never fished a wobblehead. No, I fished a wobblehead. It's just not a bait I have a ton of confidence in. And it's one of those things that 
I want to get better with because I know it's a really, really effective technique. Um, but it's just not something I've thrown a ton. Um, there's been a lot of conversations about the loco and the whippersnapper. I've seen the whippersnapper. I've also seen the loco. Um, I've never fished either one of them, but they look very similar. So I don't know the difference between the two either. Um, I just, I've never fished either one. Oh, and Alex is back. Alex Dude, I don't know what just happened. That, my computer just freaked <laughs> out. Like, my, I lost you and couldn't hear you. And then everything paused. And then it goes, and shut down. Your computer did? Yes, and then a screen popped up and said, your computer shut down because there was a problem. Please wait a moment while it restarts. That's and, crazy. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. That was nuts. Sorry. I was in the middle of a thought, but I have no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, we were talking about losing big fish this season, and that's not one of those things that I think I did. Like, I had a pretty clean fishing year. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know why. I've, I've lo I lost a lot of big fish this year, and I really don't know why. I don't know if it was if it was – and that's the thing is, like, I have it all on video. So I would go back and I would watch it. I would let dad watch it. I mean, I would let people watch it. You would watch it. I'm like, what did I do wrong? And everybody's like, nothing. Like, they just pulled off. They just pulled off. They just popped off. They just jumped. I mean, it was just crazy. So maybe it's just luck. I mean, like, you know, there's a luck aspect to everything. You know, we I mean, we haven't really lost anything up here. Like this season, when you came up here, we fished pretty clean. Oh, yeah. I mean, this it was when our trip sucked. I mean, well, relative, it was all right. <laughs> relatively, our trip was not as good as it. No, not as good as it has been, yeah. But we still did. I mean, we still get, did good. I will tell you the one constant factor in losing fish for me, kayak. I think you're just at an inherent disadvantage in that kayak. I, I tell people all the time, kayak fishing makes you better because it makes you intentional. Everything you do has to have intent behind it. Every move, every cast, every everything has to have intent. Every The placement of objects in the kayak, of tools, of gear, has to be so intentional. I, I really, I think if anybody wants to get better at finesse fishing and get way more intentional with their fish and put yourself in a kayak because it will, it will make you do it. Oh. Yeah, you also have to understand how the kayak reacts when you set the hook on a fish and moves when you're fighting a fish. Um, mm -hmm. And there's just so many different things, right? Yep. Oh, there is. I mean, it was, you know, I was watching some footage from yesterday. I was editing my video. I hook into like a one pounder. It was a 14 inch fish and the front of my kayak starts going towards it. And I'm trying to get my handle turned and trying to pedal backwards. And I'm trying to fight this fish with a crankbait. And I mean, he's just, that, that kayak's going right towards him. And I mean, when you hook a five pounder, even on a wacky rig, you're going towards that fish. I mean, he's going to pull you around. You know what I mean? I can't so, imagine trying to fish out of a paddle kayak. And, and trying to do those same things, right? Like it's, it's I think it almost impact, dangerous. I think it would impact like all of the gear that you have to use too. You have to like upsize your rod, set the hook a little bit harder, mm -hmm. because you're going to be constantly fighting that fish and fighting the the movement towards that fish. So yeah, it's interesting yeah. that the kayak was the common denominator with you losing those fish. It was, man, and I don't know. I don't know if I was doing anything wrong. I mean, I don't know what I could do any better to make it right. I mean, I just think it's just, a, I mean, it's like the big, there's one big smallmouth that sticks out in my mind because it was one of the biggest smallmouth that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, even fishing up there with you, dude, this smallmouth was uh, effing giant. All right. <laughs> the, the SOB, like here, here's what happened. 
I hook him with the Ned rig. He's digging, digging, digging. I've got my back, my drag backed off so that he can just dig and he doesn't want to come up. Well, then he just makes the decision, I'm going to jump. Well, dude, when this smallmouth jumped, in my position in the kayak, he totally slack lines me and literally jumps o- above my head, like not over me, but like above my head, four or five foot out of the water. And I'm sitting only three foot above the water. I mean, so this fish comes up, I watch it go up. And then I watch the Ned rig go one way and he goes the other way. I mean, and dude, in that scenario, like in a boat, you know, you're standing up, you can keep your rod tipped down, you can make those moves. In a kayak, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, you that's that fishes with. Rods up here just praying that the fish doesn't come off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I don't know. So it's crazy. I mean, it, it is crazy. It's kind of the common denominator, but it only means I can get better at it, right? I mean, that has to be my goal next year is to get better at that. And so that's what I'm going to work on is getting better at that. Is there like a certain technique you'd like to be better at, like grass fishing or, or rock pile fishing? Or like, is there something like that you'd like to get better at? Honestly, I'll tell you like shallow river fishing. Like I'm really good at like dam discharge fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm really good at dam discharge fishing. Like, you know, getting in that big current, that deeper water, but like the mid depth stuff, like, the, the moving water, I'm good with that. Like, you know, fishing real shallow, like a yeah, foot, foot and a half deep, you know, running a spinnerbait or something. I mean, it's hard to mess that up. You're just getting fish to react. But it's <laughs> like when I get on the backside of that shoal and like I'm in a dead piece of dead water, like how do I optimize that area of dead water? You know, because there's fish that live there and I see four and five pounders swimming around, but how the hell do I get them to eat? You know, what do I right. do? Do I fish a swim bait? Do I fish a spy bait? Do I drag a jig? Like, what is that thing that I got to throw in that area to get those fish to react? And I don't really know anybody that's tapped into the bat, that, you know I mean? I fish around a lot of good anglers and like, I've talked to a lot of them about it. And I mean, you know, they're the same as me. They just go find the moving water. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And I think that's an untapped bite or a bite that doesn't really get talked about as much, but yeah. it's going to happen too, right? Like there's going to be times that that water does slack off. And so yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I think I would like to get better at like, this sounds dumb because it's what a lot of the lakes that I fish are, but like glacial lake, big glacial lake smallmouth. Because I'm pretty yeah. good at like small to moderate sized glacial lakes, but like really mm-hmm. big glacial lakes. Like how do those fish move in position based on those bait fish? Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't have a ton of them until I go like two hours away, two and a half hours away. But I just think it's that's like how I'm going to catch a 30 pound bag. I don't, yep. I don't know that it's going to happen on the bay or it would have to be like a perfect storm of days to happen on the bay. And if you do it on forward-facing sonar, we'll have to put an asterisk by it. So. Yeah. yeah, if we do it on forward-facing sonar, it basically doesn't count. So I have to learn how to fish those lakes out of a rudimentary john boat with some paddles on it. That you pulled there with a, a horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah. No, mm. but I think that's something I'd like to get a lot better at. It's like those big glacial bodies of water. Oh, and I do agree. I think that is where you catch a 30-pound bag. You go find one of those lakes that nobody's really jacked with and or they've jacked with, but they've only messed with it at the bank, you know, and you yeah. go find – I mean, dude, that's where the world record spot came from, you know, uh, suspended over 75 – or 75 foot over 175 foot. You know what I mean? That's how, you know, they won that a million dollars was dropping on this. I think that's what you're going to like, you know – using that forward facing sonar and hitting fish that literally no one else sees or has hit is what is going to put those 
a 30 pound bag. Into the you know what's so funny about that dude is the mm. guy that caught 37 said he caught him on a 17 foot of water, 17 to 22 around isolated rock to sand transitions. Really? Which is like so typical wintertime smallmouth. Like that is the most typical wintertime smallmouth pattern that you do around here. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. But that guy spends so, like, that guy put us in so much time on that lake. He lives out there. He, like, is out there a couple times a week or whenever he can get out there. And, like, that is so deserved. But it's just so funny because, obviously, I think he could have done it without forward facing. But at the same time, like, I'm sure it helped. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime you can look at him, it's just like sight fishing for him. When you're looking at him, dude, you can – start to learn that that pattern that body language like what are they doing why are they doing it and i mean i don't know it's just another it's a tool it's a tool in the tool bag you put me out there in that same situation i would have never caught those fish promise well, you. it's never also different fish. experiences right like you yeah. coming up here would be like me going down there and trying to catch those river fish i think it's yeah. different experiences and like that guy would have been successful regardless of whether he had it or not and for me like my one of the tools that I use a lot is forward-facing sonar and my electronics, and I wouldn't be as effective in shallow water as you are. Mm. So yeah. it's just it's just a matter of like what you're comfortable with, what you're confident in. But that's something I want to grow is is my intuition or knowledge of like big giant glacial body of water. Yeah, yeah. And well, obviously, continue learning the Great Lakes. Oh yeah, because you know, dude. Let's be honest. Like even just the Saginaw Bay. You could never you learn it all. No, you can't learn it all. You can't. It's too big. Not even in a lifetime. In a lifetime. I mean, you could never learn it. I mean, I think even if you broke it down into like a grid and you just like said, I'm going to learn t- a 10 by 10 by 10, like a 10 by 10 square of this lake. It would take you an entire lifetime just to do that. It would take me like, I think I did the calculation. If I literally started graphing at four miles an hour and I tried to graph every inch of the lake, I think it would take me like 33 years if I never stopped. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, like, I never it, stopped graphing. And, like and, and, and there's people who think that that there's like that, that place is small, like that there's, there's unique bites like that. I do. This is crazy, man. That's again, there's bass that live there that have never seen a human. They'll live and die and never see a human. I think, Norris, probably... Lake, I think Norris Lake has an untapped potential as well. Absolutely. The place is huge. It's sprawling. It's spottery. I mean, like, uh, dude, you, I mean, it takes you freaking two and a half, three hours to run from the furthest point you can get into a bass boat to the dam. I mean, like, it's huge. I, I believe that too. I think what is so unique about these, these big reservoirs, like your Norris's, you know, I think what makes them so unique is because there is so much that there can be so many different bots happening all over the place. Like you can go from one Creek to one Creek to one Creek and get a very different bot in every single Creek just because of how massive the creeks are. You know what I mean? But that also makes it so miserably hard because like it's not consistent. So like you go from one Creek towards the dam, that's really clean. Then you go mm-hmm. like 25 minutes up the lake because that's how long it takes to get the next five creeks up. Like, and it's dirtier water. I think mm-hmm. that's such such an interesting aspect that you guys have to deal with. Like, obviously, we have massive, massive bodies of water, mm-hmm. but like, they're not as sprawling. We don't have creek arms and creek channels, and and rivers flowing in. Like, it's one body of water that takes you twenty five minutes to go from one end to the other. Like, 
Well, and I think another thing you got going for you is the consistency. Like when it hits spawning temperatures, it's like every freaking bass in the lake does that thing because they know they have a limited amount of time to do that thing. Whereas my bass, it's just not that way. You know what I mean? It's like that bite I got on in the back of that creek. That one creek with that water flowing in, no other creek like that on the lake. I go back there, I find them stacked up, I smash them. I'll leave that creek. It's chocolate milk on the rest of the lake, and I don't get a bite the rest of the day. That creek and that creek alone, that's it. Like, it's the only place I was able to catch them. Right. It's it's interesting. It's insane, man. Like, the dynamics of fishing is just really, really crazy. Do you have yeah. any crazy uh, – let's kind of start to wrap this thing up, but do you have any crazy trips planned for 2022? Anything cool planned? Uh, I'm leaving next week to go to the beach, um, and there's a lake down there that I fish every time that I go down there. It's uh, literally right across the street from the ocean. It's actually the closest fr- uh, closest, fully fresh body of water in the world to the ocean. So like it's like in, you know, you go anywhere, you're not going to find a lake that's that close to the ocean. You literally take a football from the, from the edge of the lake and throw it, and you're going to hit the ocean with it. Like it's crazy. Um, so I go down there. I've never caught any big ones there. I've fished there two years in a row. I mean, I'm sure there's some big fish in that place. Have they said there are big ones in there? Yeah, I mean, there's been 10, 11, 12 pounders caught down there. And like, you can also have the chance of catching giant redfish and speckled trout too. Which in I want to try in the lake. Yeah, they move because because the lake has access to salt water. So if it can't you go, be fully fresh water. No, it's fully fresh because there's enough fresh water pouring in from the other end that it forces the salt water back and like holds it. And there's a point at which the salt water and the fresh water start to blend and become brackish. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. But the salt water canal that leads into there is so narrow and there's not enough water that can get through that canal. And the canal's like, I don't know, like six, seven miles long. But they say if you get close <laughs> to that canal, like one flip with a wacky rig could be a bass and the next flip could be a redfish and the next fish could be a flounder and the next one could be a speckled trout. So I want to figure that out. But uh, yeah, I go down there. I mean, I've never caught any big ones, two, three pounders, but you catch a shit ton of them because when we get down there, they're like getting ready to spawn. So I'm starting to catch a bunch of pre-spawners and buck bass and so I can just go down there and hammer them. Are you them. taking a mag draft? Are you taking like a big swim bait with you? I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I, I could probably go. The problem is, dude, it, the whole freaking lake is like that deep. So oh, like, okay. and it's grassy. You know what I mean? And it's like... I'm sure there's bass out in the middle of the lake somewhere, but you could probably go around in circles for days and never find them. And so what I focus on are the canals. There's big canals that connect each lake. You can go in those canals and just hammer them. But I'm doing that. That's kind of the first trip. Um, And then me and Bethany's trying to plan a big trip out west. We want to go way out west and take the kayaks with us and just hit lakes. We want to go all the way to Colorado. So we want to hit a bunch of lakes and rivers on the way out there. Um, outside of that though, I mean, obviously coming up there with you, I think we're going to do a monster bass meetup in March on chick. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, you know how it is. I don't plan. I plan stuff like a month before it happens. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm like already looking out into next year. Cause I used to be like the most lackadaisical planner. I would just be like, Hey, yeah, come up to Michigan whenever you get time. Now with kids, I'm like, okay, so I got this trip planned and then I have this and that, and I'm like six months out already and starting to look into it but yeah no i feel that i don't have any major trips planned i don't know i'm sure caleb will come back up again um i'd like i'd love to go to iowa and fish mississippi with brandon 
um, if I can make that happen. It's just going to depend on everything. Um, what uh, we yeah. need to do is we need to make that my yearly trip up north, and I'll go with you. <laughs> you know what go I mean? Like Iowa? Yeah, go to Iowa. We'll go I, to Iowa go to I really want to go to Canada again. Is Canada open? Can we go to Canada? So it's so hit and miss. Like one day it'll be open, the next day it'll be closed. Yeah, and I'm not getting into Canada, and then they decide to close it. No, that's the reason I didn't go this fall. It's because yeah. it's like you could go over there, and then all of a sudden they close the border. Like you have, you were in contact with a C patient. And you know what I mean? Yeah, no, thank so, you. you a C patient can't say the never, word because we'll get demonetized. So that's for real, though. I did get one live demonetized because I said that damn word, which is amazing that in an hour long live stream they can pick that up. But what do I know? Yeah. Also, I guess one more thing I'd love to learn how to fish it better, like be better with a big swim bait or like even a mid sized paddle tail swim bait. I'm not talking like a big eight inch swim bait, but like a paddle tail or like a hollow belly because I can catch them occasionally, but I can't like consistently go out and just have success with them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I there's that lake we were talking about. Um, yep. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it because I don't want anybody to get a hold of it. There's a whole, I have to, when we get off here, I'll tell you about it. There's a whole system of lakes, not just that one. There's a whole system of lakes over there that are all the same. Um, but I want to go figure that out. And it yeah. seems to be a big swim bait thing. And I, I feel like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I mean, we'll just have to see how that all works out. I'm going to go figure that out because it's totally worth it. You know what I mean? My boy Victor, he asked, have you ever fished in the UP? I have uh, I spent a little bit of time up there this fall. I went up to a lake called Brevor. Um, didn't have a ton of success. And then I actually took a trip, my annual fall trip. We went up to, I guess it's Hessel Bay, but there's like a name for that whole region. And that just absolutely was miserable. Like, I don't know if we caught it too late. I don't know what happens with those fish, but we caught like three or four smallmouth in three days. Those fish just totally moved out of those bays and moved out towards the Great Lakes. Um, Alan Mackey says Washington State is an absolutely awesome smallmouth fishery. I want to go to We've Washington. been seeing so many big fish caught out of Washington State, Idaho, and Oregon. It is like... Alex and I were talking about this. It's insane. What was that? What was that last state you said? Oregon. 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 It's Oregon Trail. Oregon. Oregon. It's the Oregon Trail. It's an O. Oregon. Oregon. Or. Or. O-R makes the or sound. Oregon. 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 Anyways. Yeah, awesome. Come off fisheries out west. Um Columbia River. The penis. How do you say, how do you pronounce penis? <laughs> penis. Penis, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I for sure want to go to Washington. I want to go out there and check all that crap out because that's just. Yeah. We talked about that. Right? That would be such a cool trip. It's just so far. Like it's yeah. such a commitment. You would have to like really make the decision or know someone out there with a boat or like. It'd be so hard what's crazy, to go out there and what's, try and catch it. What's crazy is I feel like it would be easier for us to go to Japan than it would to be to go to like the western part of the United States. I think so too. Like I really do. Like I feel it like would it take would take less easier. time. Like if we wanted to fly out to Japan, it would take less time flying to Japan and meeting and someone driving. and getting on a boat than it would to drive to Washington. It's it crazy. would take 
like four it's like i say it would take like three days mm-hmm. because it's like 48 hours it's insane it's crazy it's crazy i don't know i mean i i want to do both i want to go out west and i want to go to japan i, I still, I still say i want to go to japan so bad that's Let's one of those trips i want to go just because like i want to see the culture not even just the fishing mm-hmm. like the culture and yeah. like the lifestyle and like what feeds into the the fishing culture to be the way that it is right yeah. because there's a lot of like sneakiness that's constantly coming out of japan also like the american market in japan is funny because they look at what we do as like super revered and they look at what they do as like super revered and like secret what's funny is i follow this these dudes that own a shop or it's a skate shop and a bait shop and the same thing it's awesome and they are obsessed with the OG Slim. And like, dude, they are like, I was like, are you looking at the translate on Instagram? And they were like freaking out because they got OG Slims. And I'm like, man, we've been making OG Slims. Yeah. Like that was a bait before that was a bait like here in East Tennessee. But it kind of makes sense. They love Balsa. They love that's like sneaky, sneaky, quiet crankbait stuff. I mean, because it works because the fish are so pressured. But no, that's cool. Yeah. I would like, dude, for real. We need to do that. Like life is too short to just talk about doing it. We really do need to plan a trip to Japan and just go. I mean, just take a week and let's go to Japan. <laughs> We're going to yeah. take an empty suitcase and $2,000 in cash just for the tackle, but we need to go. That would be so cool. I, I would like dress with the clothes on my back. I'd put like three layers of clothes on just so I didn't have to put it in the bag. Just peel them off as you go. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, just leave the clothing funny. there. That's funny. Oh, but yeah, that's the way I think we're going to end this thing, man. I, I think that kind of gives us a good look into 2022 and kind of look back at 2021, which was yeah. just a really weird season, man. Like really mm-hmm. thinking about it was such a weird year. I never got on a lipless bite, never got on a swim jig bite. Like the baits that I threw were kind of out of my comfort zone. If you really start to think about like the baits that I threw consistently, um, and like the jerk bait, I really started to dial it in and like learn that bait aside from just looking at them on live scope. Cause that's mm-hmm. how I always use that bait. Um, the little spin head, like the jig, like the jig obviously was a major confidence tool, but the way that I was using it flipping deep grass was different. Yeah. So, just really yeah. interesting, different year. Yeah, it was. I mean, 2020 was strange. I mean, I spent a lot of time on the water cause of everything that went on. And then like 2021, man, it was like, I, it was weird, dude. I mean, like I did so many things I've never done before and weird stuff, like weird ways Crazy to catch opportunities. Bass. Yeah, it was just weird. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 2022 is going to be good. It's going to be a blessed year. I mean, everything should just work out the way it should. I mean, we're going to, we're going to kick her right in the nads, boy. And I mean, we just go let her rip. Keep it. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening to uh, the podcast forum or checking us out live. Um, this was live on my YouTube channel. So go over, check out the YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast and vice versa, if you guys are listening uh, in live right now, but as always, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Alex, for hopping on. We will talk to you guys later and take care. Tight lines. God bless. Pursue passion.